Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. A great big happy Friday to you. Yes, and every Friday here on the podcast, we bring you the FOMO Friday Report. Yes, we love to cure your fear of missing out, particularly if you're not listening to propaganda media, by bringing you the stories of the week that you should probably have least heard about, right? And so uh, for our first story, and and all these come from uh, the uh, series of articles from the Daily Wire, and this first one is about PETA's coming for your kids favorite carnival ride (laughs) yeah isn't that kind of weird well PETA, and i I understand hey PETA is a it's low-hanging fruit okay (laughs) i mean i mean i could bring you stories all the time about PETA and and just really rail on them because it seems like just about every single thing that PETA does is just out there right and 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 worthy of laughter right but 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 this first story just it, it just gets to you a little bit here PETA, which of course stands for people for the ethical treatment of animals has decided your kids favorite carnival ride must be eliminated after the extreme animal rights organization slammed the use of animal themed carousels as exploitation and more (laughs) yeah they're not using real horses PETA. (laughs) okay uh the, the giraffe isn't real it's made out of wood anyway in a letter to the country's largest manufacturer of carousels kansas based chance rides the organization slammed that that using uh designs of horses and other animals unintentionally celebrates the exploitation as they put it of animals that are thinking feeling affectionate playful and social beings according to the new york post quote animal themed carousel sets reinforce the notion that these sentient beings are simply here for our entertainment rather than individuals with the same capacity to experience fear pain joy and love as any of us the letter added <laughs> yeah they have to see they look at animals like like humans okay and and that's and that's where they really derail themselves in my estimation okay the bible says that we are not animals Okay, I know there's a lot of people that have grown up, you know, maybe they went to school, they heard, hey, we are an animal. We are not animals. God created us in his image. He gave us a soul. He gave us things that animals do not have. He gave us the ability to be able to 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 to, to manage all of the animals of the earth and things. And so we are different than the animals. But PETA doesn't see it that way. They see animals this the same way they see humans if not actually humans below animals because you know we're destroying their habitats and things like that or whatever they they claim so all right well PETA president ingrid newkirk said in a press release quote children learn through play and teaching them to have respect and compassion for all all living feeling beings can help create a more just and merciful world 
Well, <laughs> she also added that PETA urges Chance Wright and all other carousel manufacturers to hit the brakes on old-fashioned animal-themed rides and embrace designs that engage children's imagination and showcase human talents. Well, what does the group want Chance Rides to make instead of producing carousel figures in animal forms? As 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 companies have have done of course for decades i mean you know carousel wouldn't be a carousel without the horses on it right well according to the letter PETA wants the company to instead produce carousel figures in the shape of cars airplanes spaceships bulldozers and other vehicles or more whimsical designs like shooting stars rainbows and brooms <laughs> So wait, bulldozers. Wait a minute. We can't have bulldozers on there. I mean, that that's that's wiping out the rainforest right now, right? So I mean, Peter will if if they switch to bulldozers, Peter would be all over the their case saying, "Oh, we can't have bulldozers on carousels." Well, <laughs> founded in in 1961, Chance Ride said of its its fantasy carousels, "In a world that often moves too fast, people still find the time to take the carousel's magical voyage. Children experience pure wonder. Parents and grandparents see life through younger eyes. Teens forget their inhibitions. Even romance finds its spark beneath the dazzling lights. Each chance rides carousel is a masterpiece, painstakingly crafted for an authentic, um, distinctive look Multiple sizes and scenery options are available for you to find the Chance Rides carousel that fits your needs. <laughs> well, PETA is not responding to um, uh, to, to the uh, news organizations and outlets, um, you know, asking them to speak publicly about the request. But um, sure enough, I mean, this is a real letter. This is really something that's that that PETA is going after. I mean, can you imagine sitting in in let's say the boardroom there at, at, at PETA and saying, well, what, what should we do? What, what's the, what's the pressing issue right now? What, what can we do to, you know, uh, help the, 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 the animals of the, of the world and, and, and their plights, you know, for, for equal justice or whatever they, they think that animals should have. I know, I know. Let's go after the carousel ride makers. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Okay, let's let's just say, okay, let's just say that they get their way. Let's just say that Chance Rise and, and everybody else says, oh, you're right. Man, we shouldn't be having horses on carousels. We're going to put in bulldozers and we're going to put in, you know, spaceships and we're going to put in brooms, <laughs> right, instead. <laughs> let's just say all that happens, okay? They get their way. Everything goes as planned. Is the world any better for that? I mean, is there? I mean, are people going to stop riding horses? I, I, as far as I know, most of the horses, most of the horse people that I know will tell you that horses like to be ridden. They do like to be ridden. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I do not understand the way that Peter thinks. But there's a lot of things I don't get. But let's move on, all right? So uh, one of the big things this week that came out 
is that special counsel Robert Hur's criminal investigation into President Joe Biden's documented numerous instances of of Biden having serious memory problems, a top issue of concern for voters heading into 2024 presidential election, of course. And the report said that even though Biden willfully retained and disclosed classified materials after his vice presidency when he was a private citizen, prosecutors concluded that, here it is, quote, no criminal charges are warranted in this matter, unquote. Although the administration and Biden's re-election campaign did not an- anticipate that Biden would be charged in the investigation, they were concerned that the report would be damage- damaging to his re-election efforts. The report's uh, summation of Biden's mental fitness will likely be highly damaging to the electorate um, that overwhelmingly 76% has concerns about the 81-year year old's mental and physical health. And this isn't this report is not going to help that. Uh, Mr. Biden's memory, here's here's the quote. Mr. Biden's memory was significantly limited both during his reported interviews with the ghostwriter in 2017 uh, with whom he shared classified materials and in his interview with our office in 2023. The report said in its executive summary That, quote, we have also considered that, at trial, Mr. Biden would likely present himself to a jury, as he did during our interview of him, as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. Prosecutors said that based on the way that Biden presents, jurors will want to identify reasonable doubt, and that it would be difficult to convince a jury that they should convict him by then a former president well into his 80s, of course, uh, of serious felony that requires a mental state of willingness, willfulness. Now, recordings from when Biden was interviewed by the ghostwriter in 2017 showed that even then he was struggling to remember events and struggling at times to read and relay his own notebook entries. The special counsel said uh, that, that even even back then, that he showed signs of, here it is, diminished faculties and faulty memory, unquote. Uh, In in his interview with our office, Mr. Biden's memory was worse, Her said. He did not remember when he was vice president, uh, forgetting on the first day of the interview when his term ended, um, and forgetting on the second day of the interview when his term began. As vice president, of course, he did not remember even within several years when his son Bo died. Uh, is is the report concluded? Uh, quote, and his memory appeared hazy when describing the Afghanistan debate uh, that was once so important to him. Among other things, he mistakenly said that he had a real difference of opinion with General Carl uh, Ecklenberg, uh, Ecklenberry. Uh, when, in fact, Hicklenberry was an ally whom Mr. Biden cited approvingly uh, in his thanking memo uh, to President Obama. So this, this is something that I think is being brought up right now for a reason. And I think this, this came out, 
I think you're going to see more and more calls for him to not run as uh, for, for a second term. Um, I think the Democrats have pretty much had it at this point. They know that he's not going to win uh, up against Trump. They know that it's, it's only getting worse. He's only getting worse. Uh, they, they, they have to do something different. Uh, they can't just watch this thing go down and, and him lose. And, and I think, I, I think what's being pushed right here, not so much the Republicans. I think this is the beginning of the end for him. I think that we're starting to see the Democrats now forcing his hand. Um, now, you know, there is a lot of talk that this might happen after the primaries. Um, but I think, I think at this point they may be actually doing, pulling, the, pulling the, the string a little bit, uh, a little bit sooner. So now let's keep an eye on that one. Can we? Well, one of the things that I have said for a while is that the democratic party has really changed. And one of the things that it has, it has done is it, it has no, it's no longer the party of the working man and all that kind of stuff, right. That they used to say all the time. Um, now it seems to be the party of the illegal alien. Senator Chris Murphy, he's a Democrat from Connecticut, and he told MSNBC this week that his party supports the Senate's controversial border bill because it prioritizes the people that Democrats care the most about, illegal aliens. Yeah, he literally said that. Murphy made the admission during an interview on the far-left network's All In with Chris Hayes on Wednesday night while talking about the border bill that was unveiled this week in the Senate. Now, Hayes asked Murphy about why the bill did not have a pathway to citizenship for millions of of migrants who illegally came to the United States and suggested that Republicans were to blame. And this is what he said, quote, well, I mean, Chris, that's been a failed play for 20 years. So you are right that that has been the Democratic strategy for 30 years, maybe. And it has failed to deliver for the people who care, uh, who we care most about, the undocumented Americans that are in this country. This is what Murphy said. He says, this is also not 2013 any longer. When we ran that play last back then, there were a couple of hundred people showing up every day applying for asylum. Today, on some days, there are 8,000. And the reality is, is that the bulk of this country does not think that that's right or sustainable and wants us to change the reality at the border. That's his, that's what he said right there. Goes on, says, quote, so I know there's a temptation for Democrats and I know you weren't looking for this argument, but I think there is a temptation to just run the same play we always run because we know how to run it. But when it hasn't worked and when the country is actually demanding that we do something to make the border more manageable, I do think we have the right and responsibility to adjust to that reality. Now this bill still had in it some really important things for migrant rights, including a right to representation and earlier work permits, early work permits, and the biggest expansion of visas in 30 years. It's not a pathway to citizenship, but it is something substantial for people that actually care 
about migrants. Now, so he's saying that to Democrats, illegal aliens are their priority. It's not you and me. It's not American citizens. It's not those that constitutionally they have a right to protect and 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 and, and keep as as top priority. No, it's illegal immigrants. It's illegal aliens. It's people who have already broken our laws by coming over the border and not being one of the million people that we let in legally. It's those that that are trying to break our laws in the first place. That's their priority. No one else, just them. And if you and if you don't believe him, well, Top Republicans fired back at the White House this week after the Biden administration threatened the immigration of and customs enforcement, you know, ICE, <clears throat> that, that, that ICE would deport fewer illegal aliens if Republicans did not pass the Senate's controversial border bill. So, so what, what, what they're saying is that, well, hey, if you don't give us more money for the border, which, by the way, isn't going to go to anything that reduces the number of people coming over the border. It's just processing them. So if you don't vote for that, more money for that, then we're going to cut ICE enforcement even further. The White House Press Secretary Jean-Pierre <laughs> claimed to uh, reporters on Wednesday that controversial Republicans were choosing partisan politics over our national security because they do not support the bill that many experts and critics say will make President Joe Biden's illegal immigration crisis even worse. Quote, here is what that means. ICE would be forced to reduce its removable operations, its total detention capacity, and more, she said. When ICE can't conduct these operations, our national security and public safety is harmed. So you see, basically, what they're trying to do here, they are trying to hold everybody at hostage. They're, they're trying to hold the nation at hostage. I mean, Tom Cotton even says, he says, this is blackmail. Senator Tom Cotton, the Republican from Arkansas, posted on X, and he said, and an admission that Biden controls the level of immigration, illegal immigration. The entire border crisis is by design. Of course it is. Biden said that this is what he was going to do when he was campaigning in the first place. We've covered that here on the podcast. He said that he wants the open border. He said he wants anybody and everybody to come across. This is what he said he would do. They have been welding the gates open so they can't close. He's been, the, 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 the board ice is not capturing people and returning them at all. They're just simply there to process them through and then, uh, and then put them inside the, the country. Sen Senator Tommy uh, Tuberville, the, the Republican from, from Alaska, responded. And he said that the White House is threatening the American people. They, they've already abandoned the field. But this is why we should not fund DHS until we force the border security that is necessary. Chip Roy of Texas say, said the same thing. Uh, Representative Austin Fluger, who's a Republican from Texas, responded with, 
President Biden has now resorted to threatening the American people with an even worse border crisis. The president already has the tools and, and authority he needs to close the border. This crisis is intentional. Yes, of course it is. He said he was going to do it. Quote, proof that Biden was never serious about actually securing the border, added Rick Scott. It's all a game for the White House to score political points, said the Republican from Florida. Yeah, it is. And that's and that's exactly what it is. But let's let's get away, let's step away from that for a second. We we have said here on the podcast that this whole trans identifying thing where we let men who are men and boys play in in women's sports is the death of women's sports. We've we've done podcasts on it. We've talked about it ad nauseum. And all we get, we get a lot of people that will say, oh, no, 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 this is going to be a once in a blue moon thing. This isn't going, this isn't something, and there's not that many of them out there. This isn't something that's going to take over women's sports. I have daughters and, and it's, even though I do encourage them to play sports and extracurricular activities, it's a little bit difficult thinking that, you know what, all of that hard work and everything that they put into it may, might be for naught because a man or a boy decides that he wants to play in women's sports and, 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 and he's just going to be better than them. Well, multiple men who identify as women took the floor in a women's college volleyball game in Ontario, Canada last month, according to a report by a conservative outlet, Rebel News. Rebel News reporter David um, Menzies, uh, he he attended a game between the Seneca Sting and the Continental Colts and reported some of, uh, of, the, of the competition, saying that between the two teams, he witnessed Five, yes, not one, not two, not three, not four, but five trans-identifying men take the floor. Three trans-identifying players uh, were on uh, Seneca and two on uh, Centennial. Um, and, and, they, and they were on the court for the entire game. They did not come out. And of course, Seneca, having three <laughs> of these men, ended up taking the victory. Multiple other outlets, including the New York Post, Fox News, The Blaze, also reported on the Canadian volleyball match uh, dominated by men who, uh, uh, of course, identifying as women, were able to take the floor. Menzies said he attended the volleyball game after getting a tip from a female volleyball insider who was concerned that the situation was so dire that it is no longer safe for biological women to compete. See, this is what I've been talking about. Last week, the OCAA uh, published a fact sheet that included answering questions on trans-identifying athletes, saying that it, quote, is aware of that per, uh, participation of transgender student athletes has recently received public attention, unquote. The fact sheet directs readers to the OCAA's transgender policy, which states that student athletes may compete on the sport team that corresponds with either their sex assignment at birth or their gender identity, provided that at all times student athletes are in compliance with the Canadian anti-doping program. (laughs) 
So, so as long as they're not, you know, hopped up on, on steroids or something like that, then they're fine. The Seneca, the, the team that, that reportedly has the, the three trans identifying players currently leads the standings in the OCA's East division with a 17 and one record. <laughs> I wonder who beat them. I mean, I mean, how, how many men did they have on their team? Did they have four? I mean, like I say, they, they, they were on the court the whole time. It was to the detriment of the women. Now, again, I have no problem. If you want to have a men's volleyball team, not a problem. Hey, you know what? I would even, I would even go for, if you wanted to have a trans volleyball team, play another trans volleyball team. Okay. I mean, I think maybe, maybe you could do that, but to have men on a women's volleyball team is just simply out to lunch. All right. Gina Carano sues Disney. Finally, she sues Disney and she's able to do it with a little bit of help. Uh, Gina Carano, whom, um, as you know, probably the, the Daily Wire actually hired her after Disney fired her from the, the Mandalorian uh, for the, of course, the great sin of saying that people should not dehuman, dehumanize uh, one another is suing the Walt Disney Company. Gina was fired from the Mandalorian after she posted a meme saying uh, essentially that that uh, othering uh, can end with with um, with, with murder. Um, I, I thought that was a a mainstream point of view, but Disney fired her. So so he hired her. Um, uh, Daily Wire hired her, and she was um, of course in in the their movie Terror on the Prairie, uh, which was a, a big a big uh, to do for them. They that was uh, definitely a, a big success for them. But uh, but at uh, three 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 years after ex MMA fighter Carano was axed by the then um, uh, the uh, the the Disney uh, corp- corporation for comparing the political climate uh, in America to Nazi Germany, Carano on Tuesday sued Disney and uh, Star Wars um, uh, shingle Luke's uh, Luke Lucas film for dropping her from uh, Bounty Hunter series. And the uh, and guess what? The ex-Tesla owner, ex and Tesla, not ex-Tesla, but ex and Tesla owner is paying for the lawyer. Yeah, Elon Musk is paying for her lawyers. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. I mean, Elon is a little quirky, okay? I mean, there's no doubt about it. You, you, you kind of, he's kind of all over the place with stuff. You have to kind of give it to him though. I mean, here's here he's he he comes up with some of these things, and you just go, "Yay, good for you, Elon!" And this is one of those things. He he's literally paying for her lawyer so that she can then sue Disney. Why? Because what they did was wrong. Okay, what they did was wrong. What she posted was correct. It was factual. It was right. And they fired her over that because you know they wanted to be woke. And Elon's like, okay, fine. Uh, in fact, Elon tweeted and said, if you were discriminated against by Disney or if it's, uh, or its subsidiaries, of course, Disney owns ABC, uh, ESPN, Marvel, that type of thing. Uh, all the Star Wars, Lucasfilm stuff. Um, just rely, uh, just reply to this post to receive legal support. 
because he received from an anonymous source uh, evidence that showed Disney general entertainment content and uh, inclusion standards that looked like they violated basic civil rights um, and civil right laws even, and seemed to create all sorts of racist hiring practices. And so basically what he's doing is he's saying, okay, fine, let's go. Let's let, let's I, I'll fund you. You, you sue him. I'll fund you. And uh, you know, kind of nice to see that, isn't it? Tell you what, let's end on, on, a, on a kind of an interesting note here. Um, as, as a pastor, you, you never know how, uh, when, when I was a pastor, I, I never knew how my sermons were, were going to go over. I mean, you, you just never know, you know, some, some fall flat, some don't. Um, but you, you, you do have those times when you know, that it's just not getting through and what you were trying, the points that you were trying to go for, it just didn't hit. Well, an Arkansas woman said a church sermon inspired her to buy the Powerball ticket that earned her $100,000 prize. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kay Anthony of Harold uh, told Arkansas scholarship uh, lottery of officials uh, that she usually only plays a lottery games well, once or twice a month, but she was inspired to make an extra purchase after listening to a church sermon about praising God for things on the way. <laughs> so she went out and bought a ticket and she didn't even believe that she won. She actually, for, for a number of, of days, like several days, she, she wouldn't even answer her phone because she thought it was a scam. Uh, but she was later, she picked up the phone. She was later convinced that she had won. And she said, I, I couldn't believe it. She said, I, I couldn't even sleep. <laughs> now, my, now, my question here is, do you think she's going to tithe? <laughs> do you think do you think that church is going to get ten thousand dollars? <laughs> I don't I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, I I don't know if that's exactly what the sermon meant. But eh, yeah, you never know. <laughs> I would love to hear from you on it. If 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 you think you would have uh, you know tithed on that, uh, you can always do that at uncommonsensepodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.